Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, it's just me. In this episode, we'll take a quick trip down memory lane and find out why I've been jamming to good music since the 1980s. We'll find out some surprising benefits of listening to music, including lowering your stress and anxiety levels. And you'll hear why seeing an Elvis impersonator recently helped me reflect on music through the decades and its impact on society and culture. This is episode 26. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in this week. Um, I'm just so grateful that you are here with me. Today, I'm going to chat about something that I am incredibly passionate about, and that is the power of music. So a little brief history, a trip down memory lane will help you understand why this is so. So I don't know if I've shared all of this yet with, with you. So from the time I was little, you could always find me singing, humming along to music, and acting out songs for fun. My brother and I would even get out the pots and pans and the wooden spoons, and we'd bang around and have our own little band. There is an amazing photo of me from the early 80s when I was little, the bowl haircut and all, and I say that unaffectionately, <laughs> with a toy microphone in my hand, which was attached with a curly cord to a portable kid's tape player. Any 80s babies out there, you know what I'm talking about. And I was singing my heart out. Can you picture it? (laughs) And by bowl haircut, I mean my hair was cut, literally, with short bangs to boot to look like an upside down bowl on my head. Yeah, pretty cool. I would sing along to my parents' old records of various Christian artists and just belt out songs as much as I could. Then when I was about seven, eight, nine years old, I started singing at church and in little choirs and doing solos. And fast forward to my teenage years, I continued playing piano, passed lots of levels. I loved classical music. I continued to sing and play all through college. And up until recently, actually, I have always been involved with our church's worship team or camps, you name it, often leading and having so much fun doing it. Now, in the last year or so since having our sweet little boy, I haven't sat down at the piano and played for fun as often. And when I sing, it's mostly to kids' songs or maybe worship songs that are playing in our home or whatever. But I have noticed that while I'm really good at playing music constantly in our home and in our car to set a good mood and kind of contribute to a good atmosphere, I have neglected to let myself really sing out and express that gifting somehow, especially at home. And as a result of that, I have felt a gnawing ache in my heart when I don't sing. Is there something like this for you? Maybe it's not music, but something you know you love to do and you're good at doing, but you aren't doing it much right now. It almost hurts. (laughs) So in thinking about, you know, today's topic and pondering all of these things, I thought it would be appropriate to commit to you so I can hold myself accountable to integrate singing and playing piano more consistently back into my own life. It's just too important. Saying, oh, I have a two-year, you know, almost two-year-old is just not a good enough excuse (laughs) anymore. Um, I feel like a realistic goal could be about 20 minutes a day and not necessarily every day, but 
often when you pencil something in your day, it's more likely to happen, at least for me. So what I want to mainly encourage you to do today is to tap into the power of music in your own home. Maybe you can't sing or match pitch to save your life, and that's okay. And you've never played an instrument or even wanted to, also okay. But research consistently shows us the powerful effect that music can have on our moods, our minds, and how it can dramatically impact the feel of your home. There is really cool research, and I will link all these articles in the show notes, um, that shows us that music can modify your brain waves. It's called entrainment. I mean, isn't that amazing and mind-blowing? Music can help you relax and sleep and even take a great nap. Music can lower anxiety and stress and worry, and it's all styles, not just classical. Music reduces hormones that cause stress and increases the ones that make you happy. And another article I will link in the show notes stated, the sounds you're exposed to every day influence your mind. When it comes to music you like, your body releases dopamine. This hormone is also secreted when you're doing something you enjoy. And even more phenomenally, when you hear a song that you love, they say, different parts of your brain activate. For example, certain songs light up the area responsible for emotional responses such as the visual cortex and motor cortex. Oxycotin can also be released by singing I mean, singing, I love this. This is just such good news. Again, it doesn't matter if you have a great voice. We are, we are better when we sing, you know what I mean? Um, music can lift you up, help you grieve, release joy, draw you closer to God, spark celebration, boost your confidence, inspire you, move you to tears, give you courage, help you overcome a problem or an issue. That you're struggling with. It can infuse hope and change your perspective. Talk about power. Music can draw you down a dark path or help point you towards the light. I'm sure you knew kids in high school like I did who were just kind of going through a hard time and they had maybe some rough friends and then they started listening to depressing or angry hate-filled music and then it was like it was all over for them. Music can contribute to our joy or to our sadness in a powerful way. It reflects and shapes the value of its day also. So recently, my husband and I had the wonderful privilege of taking a trip to Hawaii for a few days with my brother-in-law and his wife, and we're all just great friends, so it was just really a special time. And one of the kind of random things that happened was the place we were staying um, one night was advertising that they were going to have an Elvis impersonator, which just absolutely cracked me up. So I saw this Elvis impersonator. I am going somewhere with this story, I promise. Um, you know, and I got got to thinking about music and its impact on culture and society through the decades. So if you just start not too far back, but in the 1950s, a guy like Elvis had such a huge impact and not necessarily a good one, depending on who your perspective. So for the parents of that generation, um, you know, they like my grandparents who had probably teenagers around that time, let's say. So like my grandparents and my mom and dad's kind of age people. So Elvis was actually considered super scandalous. He was not necessarily bringing good kind of virtuous things to the culture. He was, you know, seen as someone who was kind of taking things in not a great direction. The 50s kind of doo-wop, early rock and roll, and those coordinated dance moves, the suits and ties, you know, that's kind of what characterized the 50s. But, you know, in the 50s, rock and roll started to really be born, and so it was seen as this little bit of rebellious 
thing in the youth of the day. So that's when things started to kind of change. You know what I mean? And then in the 1960s, you've got the Beatles, you've got the drug culture kind of coming into the scene. And and that was definitely reflected in the music and in the lyrics and in the, the values or lack of values portrayed by a lot of those bands. They were kind of, um, I want to say the 60s were just really breaking out of the neat and tidy aspects of the 1950s. And so the lyrics reflected more openness to drugs and experimentation and sexual things. And so it was really starting to kind of break wide open. In the 70s, you've got really a lot more rock and roll, more drugs, more sex, and more freedom. And I say that in air quotes. Uh, more rebellion against social norms, a lot of political activism coming through, and that was reflected in the decade in the politics, and then of course in the music. Go a little further into the 80s, the decade I was born in, you had the punk rock movement and artists, guys and girls, wearing makeup, like stage makeup and having these kind of crazy personas and the wild and kind of dark metal bands. And then there's still a lot of pop and it was evolving and people were experimenting with synthesizers and electronics. And then of course you get into the 90s when I was in middle school and high school, you had the grunge rock movement. Again, this was, I don't know, to me, a very dark and depressing era for music. There were groups like Nirvana that were super innovative in that scene, but also just really sad and really, it's not the type of music that you're going to listen to necessarily and be like, I feel so good now. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was pretty dark. And then there was kind of that screaming that got into music and there was the goth movement in culture and in music. And then just that general hopelessness, I would say. There was also gangster rap and violent lyrics. Eminem, I feel like brought a lot of, you know, profanity and really blatantly violent things into the, into the music scene. Um, in the 2000s, you've got the boy bands, boy bands galore. You've got more happy pop songs, more coordinated dance moves, and very little harmony, which always cracks me up. Um, a lot more sexualized themes again. And again, throughout all of this, music videos were really a driving force behind a lot of, I don't know, just the reflecting the breakdown of values and you can just really see it if you think about decades with me and then there's kind of that brief ska movement which is also kind of funny to reflect back on more rock and roll more music videos at this point are just literally purely sexual and now i the decade we're in now i don't even know it's it's less music it's more electronic kind of button pushing i don't know if that reflects our lack of effort or creativity like maybe people are like who has time to practice a real live instrument anymore i don't know i would i would advocate you know it makes my music teacher heart very sad like that people aren't taking piano lessons as much anymore and we have a society that doesn't know how to kind of sing along to anything anymore on key on pitch and doesn't even know maybe basic music theory it kind of makes me want to sigh and oh like it doesn't bode well for the future of music but I digress. But anyways, music tells the story of history and culture as we did that quick walk through the decades just now. I loved studying music history before a test that I had to take years ago to be able to teach music. It was basically like study everything you can about music from the dawn of time until the present day. And all of that information could be on this test. (laughs) I'm not even joking. A girl started crying while we were taking this test. And I know many people who took it multiple times before they became music teachers. (laughs) Anyhow, our, our society is greatly impacted by music and then vice versa. Music greatly impacts our society. If you study music, you study history. You know, can you think of a song or a type of music that has greatly impacted your life over the years 
or helped you get through a hard time. I know for me, I'm thinking of certain groups right now that especially in my teenage years were really, really powerful impact on me as far as giving me hope and encouraging me to keep going. I know I am totally impacted by music. Are you this way? I'd, I'd love to know. Can it boost your mood or bring you down? For me, it definitely can. So because of that, I often choose music to reflect my mood. Like if I'm feeling pretty calm and I still want to kind of cultivate that sense of calm, or sometimes I will choose music to intentionally lift my spirit or change my perspective or inject some joyful energy into my attitude. I can't help but be changed by hearing something about God's faithful love or something about hope or joy or peace. You know what I mean? It helps me to have a more grateful heart. So here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to incorporating the power of music into your daily life. The first thing is I would suggest pick a music playing device that works for your budget and home design. Here are some ideas that I would throw out there for you. There's Bluetooth speakers. You can play the music throughout your home really easily from your phone, or you could get an old school CD player if you truly have lots of CDs still. Like I know I do. (laughs) So I still use a CD player that was set up like in our kitchen, it's actually mounted underneath a cabinet. So it's really discreet, but I, I like to play music that I have chosen that I <laughs> that I have in my collection sometimes. Um, another idea is just a music stereo of some sort that can work with your TV or whatever is most convenient for you. You know, kind of the hub of the home, wherever that is, if it's somewhere downstairs or if you have two stories, if it's somewhere upstairs, find that spot and play music from that spot so it can kind of waft throughout the whole house. This is a great example of where I am so grateful for all the varieties of technology we have at our fingertips for playing music it's actually kind of a huge benefit and one of the things that i think is one of the biggest blessings about technology so for us we use a bluetooth speaker but we also have that little built-in cd player that i was talking about in our kitchen number two pick your favorite morning music maybe even make a playlist or just turn on a pandora type station or spotify or whatever you like to listen to and help start your day off on the right foot i will add and advocate that this will help set such a great tone for your day. Um, Music can boost your kids' mood too. I mean, if it has this great impact on us, it totally does for our kids too. It can help them ease into the day more calmly or if you all need some energy, you know, play something that's upbeat and they can start dancing or, you know, like having a great breakfast time with some great music. A lot of times if I want something kind of soothing but still kind of kid-ish, I will play Raffi because I feel like Raffi's just one of those old school but amazing artists who really has a soothing voice. He plays guitar and the music's fun. He does all these kids songs. I can still remember a lot of songs from the 80s that he did. So when I play them now for my kids, I just get so nostalgic and they love him too. It's just awesome. He's the he's the guy who does like Mr. Sun, uh, Please Shine Down on Me. He does the You Brush Your Teeth song. He does uh, The Cat Came Back. No, that's someone else. Okay, I digress. That was Fred Penner, and he's Canadian, and it cracks me up because not really anybody's heard of him unless you grew up in Canada. (laughs) He did a song called The Cat Came Back. It's really funny. Okay, number three. Pick your favorite afternoon and evening music. Think about what kind of moods you could help create for your kids when they come home from school if they're school age. Or if you only have little ones, think of building in some singing and playing like in the afternoon with some relaxing and fun kids music. I know sometimes kids music can be a little annoying or even very annoying. The songs get stuck in your head, but hear me out here. Artists like Raffi and Elizabeth Mitchell are quite pleasant to listen to, even for me, who is a grown-up. 
there are options. So basically, I'm just saying, recognize that music can impact your home life and quality of environment immensely, so choose accordingly. Remember, it can enhance or change your mood, even your attitude, so adjust it as you need to throughout the day. The fourth thing and the last thing is to help shape your kids' love for God through a healthy saturation of praise-filled, joyful songs. Anybody who grew up being raised in a Christian home in the 80s like I did might remember lots of Salty the Singing Songbook or some of those artists that were around way back when. A lot of times it was scripture songs, so you could memorize a ton of the Word of God through these songs. It's kind of a cheesy style, especially like nowadays, to think back like what that sounded like. But hey, I knew my Bible a lot better back then than I do now. I would memorize the words, which often had, you know, all these scriptures and psalms. And so, you know, just do that. Maybe there's modern day versions you can find that you like. We found some good ones. Um, However you can do this if you want your kids to kind of learn more verses, especially pretty easily. All right, so to transition into my favorite things really quick, I thought it'd be fun to answer a few questions for you and then give you the opportunity to share some of your answers with me on social media. So so be checking Instagram and Facebook this week. I will have a place to copy and paste this and share it. So for me, here we go. Here's some of my questions. And again, I'll post this on my social media and you can copy and paste and share it with me and just tag me at Sunday Afternoon Mama. First thing, what is your favorite music? For me, it's 1940s swing, just being really honest here. It's classical, especially piano and cello music. Worship music, kind of by Hillsong, Rend Collective, many, many more. And side note, I have loved Hillsong since the 1990s, for real, way before everyone finally realized how good they were with with oceans. (laughs) So I feel like I've been like following them for so long and people in the last few years like, oh my goodness, Hillsong Australia. Like, yes, they are amazing. Okay, moving on. Second question, first dance song at your wedding. Uh, For Jonathan and I, it was Then by Brad Paisley. And fun little backstory on that, if you remember, I may have shared this little story before, but on our first date, Jonathan had a couple of CDs in his car, like a six CD changer or whatever. And he's like, oh, what kind of music do you want to listen to on the way to our date? And I'm like, oh, um anything, anything really, anything but country. And he just looked at me like, hmm, alrighty. Well, he's like, I, I kind of have all country in here. So that's how we started off. It was so hilarious. But anyways, it's ironic and funny to me that our first dance song at our wedding was a country song. But if you've heard that song, it's pretty phenomenal. And I love it. And I do love a lot of country now, some of it. <laughs> okay, next question. What are the top five favorite mood boosting songs? like the songs you need to listen to to like feel better and get energized. Okay, for me, the first one is Faith by Ariana Grande and Stevie Wonder. Second one is My Girl by The Temptations. It's just always a classic and I adore it. Number three, Don't You Worry About a Thing by Tori Kelly. Number four, How Sweet It Is by James Taylor. It's kind of a throwback as well and it's a and it's heavily influenced by my dad who loved James Taylor and by the way, can uh, sing and play guitar like him too. Just props to my dad. (laughs) Love his voice. Number five, last one would have to be Sign, Seal, Delivered, I'm Yours by Stevie Wonder. And yes, I know two of these have Stevie Wonder in them, and two of these are also from the movie Sing. (laughs) But what can I say? I have three kids that love that movie, so I'm very familiar with the soundtrack, and those are my current favorite mood-boosting songs. What is your go-to song when feeling sad? That's the next one. 
I would say The Lighthouse by Nickel Creek. It's kind of a pleasant, happy sounding song, but if you listen to the words, it's quite sad. So that's one. And then I guess I have two. Anything by Damien Rice because it's super duper sad (laughs) to me. Okay. Three more questions. Uh, What do you listen to when you want to calm down? Mm, I would definitely say cello music by Yo-Yo Ma. It's just soothing and always helps me kind of regroup and slow down and take a minute, you know, when I need to. I also had the privilege of seeing him live a few years back and oh my goodness, he plays with such passion and such heart. It's just so inspiring. So I'm a huge fan. Okay, next question. What's currently playing in your home? I would say Rend Collective. Again, had the privilege of seeing them do a worship night recently. And oh, wow, the joy that they reflect and express is just contagious. So I absolutely love listening to them. Okay, last question. Favorite inspirational song? Oh, this is so hard because there's so many. But if we're talking about currently, I would have to say Resurrecting by Elevation Worship. Do yourself a favor if you haven't already and go listen to this song. It will make you cry. It will make you get on your knees and it's just incredible. Well, we are almost at the end of this episode. I just have one little bungle moment to share with you. This happened really recently. I was at the grocery store with my little boy and I just have to say I was so... <laughs> I was so blessed by the the smiles and kind comments of a stranger. So this one lady was in, let's see. Oh, she was shopping in the vegetable area, like vegetable, not really aisle, but you know how there's just a bunch of vegetables in certain stores. (laughs) She's over there and she was smiling and talking to my little boy and waving. And she looked at me and she was like, he is so cute and you just are so lucky. And, you know, she said a few kind things and our little boy was being so adorable. So he was waving and kind of half sucking his thumb and he had his blanket and he was in the cart. And I just, it was the sweetest moment. I mean, he didn't do anything in particular, like nothing hilarious or nothing random. So it's not a bungalow moment like that. It's just a sweet moment we had where he was behaving so well and I had been gone on a little that little trip I told you about and so I had come back and he he could have been terrible. Like he could have been really misbehaving at the store cuz he hadn't seen me in a while and but he wasn't. He was just being sweet and this lady was so kind and I almost cried. Don't you just love it when people reach out and tell you something good about you and your kids? It's the best feeling. So that's my little sweet bungalow moment at the grocery store. Um, side note, it was a great day because I picked out some fresh flowers and I don't know what it is about fresh flowers and getting groceries feels so good, right? Just gets you like back on track for the week. All right, well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week and please keep the bungalow moments and listener questions coming. If you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.